Hey, welcome back to a brand new episode of Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. We're back after a couple of week hiatus here, and we're diving in today to the book of Luke, specifically the chapter of 12. Luke 12 is what we're going to read today. We're going to talk about how Jesus kind of gave us foresight and warnings about loving money and loving possessions and this consumerism world that we live in today. Jesus talked about it, and we're going to discuss it on how those things, that, that consumer-driven lifestyle that we live and those possessions that we yearn for, that we need, that we have to have, are pulling us away from God, something that we do not need for sure. So let's read it, talk about it today. It's going to be a tough one, but a good one. Let's read Luke 12. Let's go. All right, welcome uh, to a brand new episode of uh, Bible Reading Coffee Drinking. We're diving into Luke 12 today, so whether you're watching this live on Instagram, listening to it on the podcast afterwards, or watching it on YouTube, thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I did an episode. I apologize for uh, kind of being under the weather a little bit, and I just couldn't talk, and I didn't think um, that would be a pleasant thing to listen to or to watch. But uh, we're back today, feeling a lot better, uh, ready to rock and roll. Uh, with some Bible reading and a little bit of coffee drinking. So I've got my Superman coffee mug here, as you guys are familiar with. Best superhero. And uh, and I have my Bible here. So we're going to dive into Luke 12. So uh, <clears throat> a couple of housekeeping things before we dive into our readings today. If you see, if you're watching this or you're live, you see I have my uh, cross and flag uh, sweatshirt on. I, I, I do have a, a sale going on right now. So we're going to run through, I just started it this weekend. We're going to run through the rest of February uh, with 20% off all of our hoodies and our sweatshirts. So use the code HOODIE20 uh, at checkout. When you get to the shopping cart, you'll see a little coupon code thing that you can punch in. Uh, make sure you put in HOODIE20. And all hoodies and, and sweatshirts are 20% off on the store for the rest of the month uh, until we get ready for spring. i got to close out winter. I'm tired of this weather, and I'm ready for some warm weather. So uh, to help us save a little money and to clean out the inventory a little bit, uh, we're going to put all the hoodies and sweatshirts for 20% off. So just go to livingchristian.org, which is my website, in case you're new here, livingchristian.org, and uh, and uh, we'll uh, save 20% on all hoodies and sweatshirts. So <clears throat> let's dive into Luke 12. I apologize once again for my voice being a little uh, wonky, uh, but getting over um, whatever it is I had for the last couple of weeks, but feeling a lot better now. But my voice is a little uh, off, but it's a lot better than it was uh, the last couple of weeks. So we're going to dive into Luke 12 today. A couple of things I want to talk about. Jesus really dives in and talks about money and possessions and everything that this world that we live in today uh, tells us uh, and how Jesus is telling us that's kind of wrong. Uh, you want the riches in, in heaven. You want to focus on the riches with the Lord. You don't want to focus on gaining possessions in this world. So we're going to talk about that. He talks a little bit about being prepared for his return, and we'll probably finish with that. It's a long chapter, but uh, the main thing I want to talk about today and I want to hit on is kind of focusing on Jesus, focusing on God, and not focusing too much on gathering and, and uh, possessions and consumerism and all that stuff. And so it's kind of a tough lesson for all of us, especially for those uh, like me who live in the United States, where we are driven by consumerism. We're driven by trying to get the next best thing and $1,000 phones and everything else that this world tells us is going to make us happy. And uh, Jesus talks directly about that. So let's start with uh, Luke 12, uh, chapter 1. 
First one, rather. So Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling around and stepping on each other. Jesus turned uh, first to his disciples and warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light, and whatever you have whispered behind closed doors be shouted from the rooftops for all to hear. So he's talking directly to the disciples. So this chapter has several different audiences. So in this one, Jesus is talking directly to the disciples saying, guys, don't get wrapped up in with the religious Pharisees of today. I promise you this change is coming and it's going to be different. So be careful. Don't fall into that trap. Verse four, dear friends, don't be afraid. Now, now he's talking to the disciples still. Don't, uh, dear friends, don't be afraid for those who want to kill your body. They cannot kill you anymore. After that, but I tell you whom to fear, fear God who has the power to kill you and throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. Trying to start that foundation of focusing on God and not on this world. Excuse me. Verse six. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins. Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows instilling that value that you have as long as you focus on God and not to worry. God will take care of you. Verse 8, I tell you the truth, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, the Son of Man, which is Jesus, uh, will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on earth will also be denied before God's angels. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. There's a lot of confusion on that. I'll dive into that in another episode. I've talked about it before, about that rejection of Christ being that uh, blaspheme. You're not accepting the Holy Spirit, but I digress. Verse 11, And when you uh, are brought to the trial of the synagogues and before the rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what needs to be said. What Jesus is telling his disciples is, don't focus on on the Pharisees and what religion is telling you right now and what society is telling you right now. Focus on Him. Focus on Jesus. And if you've, you've got to make sure you're focused on Him, you, you're fearing of God, and you're loving Jesus, and He will take care of you, no matter what it is. The sparrows, we're going to get into this in a minute, uh, talking about, hey, don't worry about the trials of the synagogues and the rulers and authorities. Don't worry about the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. He's instilling that dependence on God that we all need to live in this world. Now he's going to pivot and talk about um, a parable of a rich fool, which is interesting. Then someone called from the crowd. This is before he's preaching. Then someone called to the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me the judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. So he's talking directly to this individual. So you have to think about what this person is asking, what he's really asking. Obviously, his father has passed away, and maybe possibly his brother is the you know kind of the executor of the estate or the will we're not sure exactly the the situation but he wants half and he wants to divide his father's estate he wants his inheritance right and he's like hey jesus i need this money 
My brother is robbing me of this money. My brother is keeping me from having this money. And Jesus' reply is, hey, watch out for, beware of this greed that you have. Life is not measured about how much you own. What Jesus is telling him is, and, and what I would say that Jesus probably would have been asking him was, isn't family more important than money? You're going to let money divide your family and break your family? You're mad at your brother for keeping you from having money? So is your brother not worth the money that you think that you are entitled to? Right? Is is your brother, is your family worth less than half of your father's estate? So he's getting him once again to focus in, in what is true and what is real and what should be true which is, hey, watch out for greed, right? You're being greedy right now. You're, you're choosing money over family, and that's the wrong thing to think about. I love this. And then on verse 16, then he told them a story. So he, 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 he directs his response to this greed response to this individual saying, hey, you know, I need my money for my brother, right? And then he pivots and tells the entire crowd, this a rich man he loves parables obviously a rich man has a fertile farm that produces fine crops he said to him what should i do i don't have any room for my crops then he said i know i'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones then i'll have enough room to store all my wheat and all my goods and i'll sit back and say to myself my friend you have stored enough for years to come now take it easy eat drink and be merry so this person in this parable has been so blessed, has been so successful that he, 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 he doesn't have enough room to store his riches. So his response to that is not to help other people who don't have those riches. His response is, I need bigger barns. I need bigger storage. I need to hoard my stuff because I have so many things. I have acquired so much in this world that I need bigger places to store it. And listen to what what Jesus says, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Those are harsh words from Jesus. I mean, basically, he's telling the story where this man is so rich that he has to store his items and God calls him a fool. Why does God call him a fool? It goes back to the same kind of greed discussion that he was talking about the man in the thing, in the, in the crowd. What he's saying is, guys, you're focusing on the wrong thing. If all you are is focusing on gathering more stuff and acquiring more things and the, what the world calls successful, that you're so successful that you know you got to store things, then those things are... That's your idol now. You're putting those things in place of your relationship with God. And in the first scenario, it's you're putting those things in, re- in place of your relationship with your family. So you're treating money in front of your family and more importantly, in front of God. Now, this is where Jesus turns the tide and tries to explain why, right, you should not focus mainly on consuming and buying and stuff. Verse 22, then turning to the disciples, now this is the third audience, he, he told the man, you're greedy, he told the crowd this parable, hopefully they understand it, now he turns to his disciples, and Jesus said, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, 
whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food, and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if, you, and if worry can't accomplish little things like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? So he, he, he relates us to birds and say, hey, look at the birds. They don't have to plant, harvest, work, store up stuff. God takes care of the birds. Now look at the lilies. This is verse 27. Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? He's explaining in simplest forms, the birds have plenty to eat and are taken care of. The flowers are beautiful. Can't you see around you that God will provide, God will take care of us? That what you're focused on now of money and possessions and all the things you have with success in this life, what's more important is you're, you're trying to find security in life. You're trying to earn enough to where you can eat, drink, and be merry. But I'm telling you this, that God will provide for you, and you don't have to worry about that. Verse 29, And don't be concerned about what you eat or what you drink, Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers in the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and He will do everything you need. Why do you worry about being provided for? God will provide you for. The unbelievers, the pagans of the world, worry about those things. They don't have faith that God's going to take care of us. So why are we just like them? Verse 32, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give those to need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That last line, verse 34, is key. Where are your treasures? Are they here? You know, that whole you can't take it with you mentality. Yes, you can't take anything that you gather here in this earth with you when you die. But if your treasure is in heaven and your focus is on God and your love is of Jesus, then yes, you can take all that with you. All right. And we're going to read the last part um, about Jesus preparing people from coming back. Uh, Be ready for the Lord's coming. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you are waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. Talking about Christ. We're the servants. He's the master. Be ready for Jesus' return. Focus on God. Focus on heaven. Focus on your treasures in heaven, this is all tying together. Stop focusing on this world. Stop trying to gather things and trying to earn more and be quote-unquote successful in this world. Focus on Jesus. That way you're ready when he returns. Verse 37, the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I'll tell you the truth. He himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night just before dawn, 
but where, whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Once again, foreshadowing that whole Jesus coming like a thief in the night mentality, right? He's going to come in the middle of the night and take us. Verse 39, understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready at all time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. That thief in the night, that burglar, Jesus is going to come steal us from this world. Verse 41, Peter asked, Lord, is this illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, then he will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, the master will put the servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant thinks my master won't be back for a while and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected and he will cut the servant to pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. Talking about it's our responsibility as followers of Christ, it's the responsibilities of the disciples to go out and preach the message to the other people, to the other servants who aren't paying attention, who don't understand. Because if they don't, they're going to go astray, right? They're going to go out and get drunk, partying, all that stuff. And the servant who knows what the master wants, that would be us, but is prepared doesn't carry out these instructions, he'll be severely punished. So we, if we know what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act, but we don't do that, that is certainly going to upset God. But someone who does not know and then does nothing wrong, or something wrong, will be punished only lightly. When someone who has been given much, much will be required in return. When someone who has been trusted with much, even more will be required. So, how's that tied together with everything? Jesus is trying to prepare us Prepare us for his return. And he doesn't want us to keep being stuck in the routine of life, stuck in the routine of work, acquiring Amazon.com, building a bigger house, storing our riches in storage, and not taking care of people who don't have as much. He wants us to focus on the overall kingdom and helping our fellow man. And if we focus on God, if we're living for God, and if our riches are in heaven, then we can uh, serve him and serve each other better. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. He's calling us to take care of each other. He's not punishing success. He's not saying that you can't have a good job. He's not saying that you can't earn money, right? What he's saying is be careful with these things, right? Use them for good. Don't use them for kind of self-preservation a little bit, because in reality, what you think you're preparing for, right, is meaningless, because God will take care of you if you really believe it. Okay? This is a tough lesson, guys. I know it's hard. Today's world is all about the money, all about jobs, all about buying, all about having expensive phones and pulling us away from God. It's distractions. So Jesus doesn't want us to fall for the distractions. He wants us to stay focused on our eternity. Here's the question for you guys. How long do you think you're going to live? Here's the answer. Forever. Okay? We either live for eternity with God, or we live in eternity away from God. But either way, we have a long life. Stop thinking about what these 83 years on earth as it us as believers need to be thinking about eternity and focused on eternity 
and use this life while we're on this earth to spread the gospel, to tell others about Jesus, to help people out. That's what we need to do and prepare us for eternity. Okay? Give to charity. Take care of people. Whether it's your neighbor or somebody you don't know, help somebody else out. If you have the means, help somebody else out. All right? Live like Jesus, my friends. All right, sip of coffee and let's answer a couple of questions. If you're here live with me, make sure you put a question on the bottom of the screen. It should be a little question mark. Maybe there's a plus sign. I'm not sure what you see over there, but uh, I'll take a couple of questions and uh, and then we'll get about our week. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that lesson. It kind of struck me as we were talking about it yesterday in church, and I just like I just felt it on my heart that I wanted to kind of read through at least most of Luke 12. We didn't get to you know Jesus causing division and disruption there at the end, but uh, the lesson is what uh, I want to talk about was staying focused on God. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, let me uh, take a couple of questions here. Uh, once again, if you're live, make sure you put a, co- uh, co- a question there at the bottom of the screen, and I'll read a couple. Put my glasses on so I can see. All right. <clears throat> like I, you know, I like to read the first one. They're always hard. Uh, where do you draw the line at comfort in life for you and your family and going too far? How do you know if want too much in life? It's not necessarily about. Um, finding the comfort zone. I don't think Jesus wants us in our comfort zone, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, and whether that is where you're at monetarily uh, or, or having the ability to go talk to your friends about Jesus, uh, that, that's uncomfortable at times. Uh, so, so stop focusing on being in your comfort zone in life and focus on you know, what God wants you to do in this life. Okay? He's not saying you shouldn't save in your 401k or have a rainy day fund in your bank account. What he's saying is take care of each other and let that be here, okay? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your success? What are you doing with your time? God will take care of you just like he takes care of everything else, right? So you have to have faith in that. So yeah, go out, have a good job, be successful, find comfort I guess if you need that, and I understand that for sure. But the reality of it is, we don't get overly focused on your 401k to the point to where you're not paying attention to God. Don't get so focused on your savings that you're not helping other people out. That w- that's what he's saying is, it's all about focus. It's not necessarily that he's punishing success. What he's saying is, hey, what are you focused on? Are you focused on eternity? Or are you focused on gathering here? That's what he's talking about. Okay. All right, let's see what else we have. Do you have a podcast? I do. This is actually the recording of the podcast right now. For those that are watching this live, I record it every Monday and Friday. Just go look it up on Spotify, on Apple, everywhere else you find your podcast. It's just called Bobby Reading and Coffee Drinking, and I have uh, over 100 episodes over there. Uh, So uh, lots to listen to if you want to go back. If you do, if you like the podcast and you listen to it, leave a rating, leave a review. I love to read. I read every single review that's on Apple to be honest with you. Uh, every single one I go through. About once every couple of weeks, I go through there and take a look at some of the new reviews and read them. It gives me feedback so I can make sure that I'm, I'm kind of developing the best podcast I can for you guys. So uh, for those, uh, the person who just asked, if you want to listen to the other 100 and some odd episodes, knock yourself out. It's called Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. Of course, that's what we call it. It's about two years. I've been doing this a little over two years, which is a lot of fun. Uh, do, oh, here, here's, here's a timely one. Did you see the Super Bowl ad? What do you think of the, he gets us hallows didn't air it here, but I heard the network edit it to remove 
Uh, Jesus. No, it, 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 the, where I watched it, Katie was, uh, it was, he gets us and it did talk about Jesus. It wasn't edited. Um, I'll tell you this much. I, I do have a post on that this afternoon. Uh, I'm going to post, uh, uh, my comments on that, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think Jesus needs to get us or understand us. I think we need to understand and we need to get Jesus. Uh, I think the focus is wrong on that commercial. Uh, it's more about, hey, Jesus understands uh, us uh, as opposed to us focusing on Jesus. Uh, and, the, and the imagery there, um, although maybe it comes from a good place in their heart, I'm not sure who produce, produces those commercials. Um, I think it's a little backwards, uh, truth be told. I think regardless of what we're dealing with in our life, and they went through a lot of different scenarios, and uh, I think regardless of where you are in your life, um, where you live, uh, you're successful, your sexuality, all those things, uh, what your focus should be on is understanding and getting Jesus. Uh, and that is where our focus is. It kind of goes back to the uh, lesson that we just read. All right, one more question, and then we'll uh, get out of here for today. Um, all right, let's see what we got. Um, all right, what do you think is the best way I can deal with greed and hate for certain people? Well, that's a loaded question, my friend. Uh, I would say first you ask about greed. Uh, going back to our lesson today uh, would be this. <clears throat> if you're focused on God and you're focused on your relationship with Christ uh, and you're reading your Bible every day and you're praying and you're focused on eternity as we've been talking about for the last 30 minutes, uh, then you, you, you will be battling your greed. Uh, that one of the seven deadly sins that we don't like to talk about, uh, but we all have in some form or fashion. Uh, we do, if we're being honest, uh, whether it's money or other things. Uh, we get jealous of other people, and uh, we want to protect ourselves and gather more things, uh, if we're being honest with ourselves. So <clears throat> how do you battle that? I think you've got to focus on eternity. You've got to focus on the you know putting your riches in heaven and your focus on the Lord. Uh, and not your focus on this temporary place that we're all living in. Uh, that is just the reality. That's going to... Now, in terms of the hate for others, I mean, obviously greed uh, is going to cause some hate in your heart uh, because you're going to get jealous of people and you're going to covet your neighbor's stuff and you're going to want the bigger car and you're going to be jealous of people's successes and that can certainly spur some hate going on. Uh, so focus on Jesus, focus on your relationship with Jesus, and then focus on how Jesus treated people uh, and, and uh, with love, regardless. He told us to love our enemies, for crying out loud. Uh, so uh, focus on that, and uh, it'll help you battle those feelings that you're feeling right now. All right, let's have a sip of coffee, and then we'll, uh, then we'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the lesson today. I'm praying that you give each and every one of us this wisdom that we can accept it and look inside of us and figure out and be honest with ourselves about where our focus is in this life, Lord. It's hard. This world pulls us away constantly every day, all day, of trying to distract us from you by telling us that that feeling of loneliness that we have, that hole inside of us that we're trying to fill is easier to be filled with a new phone, a new car, more money, more success, when in reality, Lord, we know that that hole can only be filled with the Holy Spirit. Help us stay focused on that. It's so hard, Lord. It's so hard. 
And you know how challenging this is for us. We need the strength to battle this world and focus on you and you alone. I'm asking for the discernment and the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding and the patience with us as we deal with this and go through this life, Lord. We love you and we trust you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me again. Sorry I was gone so long. We'll get back at it on Friday. Until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys. Mm -hmm.